Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com wait and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com wait today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com wait. GetRoman.com wait. The Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. The season is finally here. Welcome into another episode of the Can't Wait podcast. We're streaming live on YouTube. The podcast will be up after that as well. And we will be done recording this podcast before kickoff of Thursday Night Football. The defending champion Chiefs taking on the Texans tonight. Real NFL regular season football and we didn't get the preseason so this is going to be amazing on, a, on an all-new level that we're not used to Tim McMaster along with Connor Hughes Marissa Morris um, Connor let's start there Chiefs and Texans and this is a game that's interesting because you think about Patrick Mahomes and the Texans and their quarterbacks and the Jets that didn't take those quarterbacks and a lot of other stuff but but just weigh in on this opener yeah, it's the uh, I, I made this joke on Twitter, much to the dismay of, of I think a lot of uh, Jet fans, is that this is the um, it's the we like Hackenberg Bowl, you know, because it, it, this was the year right after the the Jets had drafted Christian Hackenberg. This was the year that uh, the Jets had Deshaun Watson in and they worked him out. They had Pat Mahomes in and they worked him out. And I remember writing a story. I was with the uh, the Star Ledger at the time. I remember writing a story there and and. Um, and and basically saying like if the Jets are that convinced that that Hackenberg's the guy if they, if they believe in Hackenberg well why are they doing all this work on other quarterbacks you know what I mean like you you don't have um you know the the Giants and Eli Manning's prime working out quarterbacks that are going to go top five you know or first round talents you don't have uh the Patriots when Tom Brady's in his prime working out quarterbacks that are going the first round you're just not going to have that because when you know you have a quarterback you're focused on other positions you don't spend your time uh you might evaluate quarterbacks that are going to go third fourth round as a backup but not guys that are going to be first round picks and and the Jets were working all these guys out Mike McCagan was having them in to one Jets drive and working them out and seeing what they got and I started thinking like you know what they might take a quarterback. Like they might, they might take a quarterback, and this Hackenberg thing won't work out. And and sure enough, well, it didn't. <laughs> uh, they they did not. They did not do that. The the Chiefs went and got Mahomes. The Jets went with. Uh, oops, there goes Roomba. Um, we're all over the place today. Uh, the the Chiefs went and they got themselves Pat Mahomes. The uh, the uh, Texans ended up with Deshaun Watson, and the Jets decided to roll with Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty, and and that. That did not work out, but they did get Jamal Adams, who they ended up trading this past year. So, uh, obviously, that that uh, was one of the many, many draft blunders that uh, that this team has made. Yeah, for sure. A lot to get to on this episode of the show. We're going to obviously preview the Bills game coming up on Sunday. We're going to look at the division as well, and, and so we'll talk about the Dolphins and Patriots, where the Jets kind of stack up within the AFC East. And it's the return of the can't wait for our picks, and we're not picking Jets games this year Unless we want to. It's our choice, but it, it kind of cost us last year always having to pick those Jets games. So we'll get away from that. Before we get to all that stuff, though, def definitely give us a five-star review if you haven't on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast. And uh, subscribe, and it'll be easily delivered to you every time one of these podcasts come up, comes out. Helps us out a lot in the long run as well. All right, let's get into this team, this game on Sunday uh, versus the Bills. Same way the Jets started a year ago. That time it was here. This time it's up in Buffalo. Um, and we'll start with the Jets offense 
versus the Bills defense, Connor. And it's a situation where we got to talk about the wide receivers, which I feel like we've started like the last five podcasts talking about the wide receivers. But this Bills defense, third in the NFL last year in rating. It's a very good defense. Shadavius White on the outside, pro bowler last year. He just got paid. Um, There's a lot to love about the Bills defense. And if they do win this AFC East, it's probably going to be more about the defense than the offense. So how does this Jets offense with all these injuries in the preseason, reworked offensive line that we hope is going to be much better than it was a year ago, but still their first real game together without a preseason. How did the Jets move the ball? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you kind of made reference to it. We keep talking about the receivers, and the receivers are in news again. You know, I mean, we, we talked to Adam Gase earlier today. We're recording this Thursday night. So uh, the way the Jets do their media access in season is that Adam Gase talks to the media before practice. So he starts practice or he starts the, excuse me, starts the press conference basically by reading off the injury report. Here's not, here's who's not going to practice. Here's who's going to be limited. Here's who's going to be a full participant. And and he came out and he said, you know, look, not practicing today, Perrine, not practicing today, Avery Williamson. He's dealing with that hamstring issue and, and not practicing today, Frank Gore, but don't be worried because this is just going to be, a, a, uh, a normal off day for Frank Gore because, you know, he's old and, and they're going to give him, they're going to practice him on Wednesday and Friday and give him off Thursdays and, and everyone else should be fine. You know, Marcus May, uh, he's going to be limited, but they're going to be able to see what he can do. And, and, uh, and, and everyone else is kind of going to be fine. You know, he said Denzel Mims going to practice again. Brashad Perryman's going to practice again. Well, practice begins, practice happens. Obviously the media can't watch practice outside of the first 20 minutes or so. So we end up getting this injury report that that comes into my my inbox here at 4:33 p.m. and there's a bolded indentation next to Denzel Mims's name. And Denzel Mims who was supposed to be a full participant full participant in practice was a limited participant in practice. And and the reasoning for this is that his injury designation has changed from hamstring ailment to hamstrings ailment. They which, added the S Yeah, which would lead one to believe that during practice today, Denzel Mims injured his other hamstring. And and we don't know how serious it is. We're not going to be able to talk to Adam Gase until until the conference before practice tomorrow. It is going to be earlier. It's an earlier practice on Fridays than in the afternoon. So we will get some some information on this a little bit earlier. But I mean, that's a that's a major concern. I mean, for for people that don't. cover the NFL and don't really understand how the the practices things work is that when you have a player that is supposed to be a full participant and, and the coach says he's going to be a full participant who then shows up on the injury report is limited. What that means is that that player started practice and then got hurt. So by Denzel, Denzel Mims being a full participant and then showing up on this injury report is limited. What that means is that he got hurt in practice we don't know how severe it is. We don't know if he left practice for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then came back and, and finished the rest of the day. We don't know the specifics of this yet because, again, like I said, Adam Gase talks before practice, not after it. But this is absolutely a little asterisk and a little cause for concern because, look, I mean, we, we talked to Sam Darnold on, on Wednesday. We talked to Adam Gase on Wednesday. We talked to Adam Gase again on Thursday. And everyone who has talked has, has stressed how – as Sam Darnold just said, quote unquote, explosive Denzel Mims is today, just before practice, Adam Gase was asked if, 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 you know, Denzel Mims could contribute against the Buffalo Bills. And he said, definitely. I mean, that that's what he said. He said, definitely this guy can contribute and have a role against the Bills in the opener. Now suddenly he hurts his other hamstring. He was limited in practice. So he, he either didn't finish practice or missed a portion of practice. And we don't know how serious this is. You know, Denzel Mims tweaked his one hamstring and ended up sitting out all of training camp until the last three days of practice when he did individual drills. He just now starts doing full practices. Wednesday was the first full practice he took part in, and now he's hurt in practice number two. So this is a big concern because what it does is it brings to light all of the issues and concerns that we had with this Jets offense Two weeks ago, and that's that does Sam Darnold have enough weapons? And everyone was saying, well, look, Rashad Perryman's healthy again. Denzel Mims is healthy again. They've got Chris Herndon, LaMichael Perrine, uh, Le'Veon Bell, all this stuff. You know, Chris Herndon's been talked about ad nauseum, and Gates just keeps bringing him up unsolicited. Well, now suddenly it's Chris Hogan and Jamison Crowder and Rashad Perryman again. And then Vincent Smith and Jeff Smith, they're both out. 
Uh, the Jets only had really five healthy receivers to begin with, but at least all of them were healthy. But now one of them's down again. So this is a big concern. And, and like you said, it brings it brings to the point again of how the Jets are going to move the ball. I think that what this offense is going to have to do if they want to have a chance against the Bills, who are a better team in, in just about every facet, is they're going to have to try to find a way to win dirty and win ugly. And And what I mean by that is that this isn't going to be a 31-14 victory where the offense is moving up and down the field, at least not the way that I see it. This is going to be one where they're going to have to control the uh, the, the the time of possession. They're going to have to find a way to shorten this game. And what that means is is winning the, the time of possession, getting a couple ugly turnovers from Josh Allen, controlling the ball, running the clock out, winning this one 17-14 or, or 20-13 or 20-16, something like that, 19-16, doesn't matter. But if Mims is out, all this does is it, or if, if this Mims injury, which we don't know the specifics of yet because we haven't had a chance to talk to Gase, but if this Mims injury is is anything like the first hamstring issue, there's there's going to be uh, the the offense which was you know finally feeling healthy and finally being okay and and had Adam Gase saying you know he he feels great for the first time. Look at this list shrinking. Look at the names that are back. Um, it, it's going to be a, another big issue, another big cause for concern. Certainly is, and, and we're going to take some questions probably at the end of the uh, the episode. But this one popped in, and, and it's really relative to this conversation. Connor Derek Crossman says, "You wrote about the talent around Darnold today. Do you think Sam's ability and play can elevate a below average receiving core, assuming he has protection for the O line?" And that's the big question that we're going to be hoping to hear the answer or find out the answer to all season, right? Yeah, I mean that that's what I mean. People have have said that, and that's what you hope, right? I mean, if, if we talked about this on the last podcast or or two podcasts ago whatever it was and and it was that if if darn the the expectations of this Jets roster and the expectations of this Jets team and 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 what this team is capable of doing in 2020 a lot of it rides on the shoulders of Sam Darnold because if Darnold is the quarterback that he was in 2019 you know where where he flashes some good signs but for the most part it's 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 up and down and he doesn't really take that next step and he looks good at times but not great he looks okay but not amazing the Jets are going to have some problems where where this whole thing changes is that if Sam Darnold takes that next step and he can be the guy that that wills his team to a victory that he can be the reason that you win football games. You know, you can take Pat Mahomes, who who we're going to watch later tonight. You can take Deshaun Watson, who we're going to watch later tonight, and you can put them on on literally any other roster, one through thirty-two, and those teams instantly become better. Those teams, I don't know if they necessarily become Super Bowl contenders, but they're going to have a chance every single game that they play. We and I personally don't feel confident yet in saying that about Sam Darnold. And that's not a shot at Sam Darnold. That doesn't mean that Sam Darnold can't be that player. I'm, I'm not saying that in the slightest. I just haven't seen enough to be able to say, yeah, Darnold's that guy. Because he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, he didn't show it yet as a rookie. Uh, he didn't show it yet in, in his second year. And, and there's a reason for that, obviously. The, the offensive line was atrocious. The play calling was bad at times. They were ridiculously undermanned. And then he had Mono, which sidelined him for a month but also impacted him another month on top of that because he still had some symptoms, you know, lethargic, fatigue, wasn't exactly 100% still. So you can kind of throw the second year out. But in training camp, the amount of injuries that the Jets had to this offense, I mean, when when Sam Darnold's throwing to guys like Jeff Smith and and, and Josh Malone and Jahu Chesson and things like that and Lawrence Cager and, and, and uh, George... Uh, George Campbell. I mean, there's only so much you can see. I mean, there was a play, I remember he threw a perfect pass in the back of the end zone and and goes right in and out of Josh Malone's hand. So that's an incompletion, but it should have been a touchdown. So I I can't tell you if if Sam Darnold's going to be going to be the player that can elevate those around him, or he's going to be the reason that, that that he can take the Jets from you know an, an okay maybe roster and make them contenders just because he's that good. I haven't seen enough of him to say one way or another. I mean, I can sit here and tell you what I think. I can tell you what I, oh I believe it. But it really doesn't matter because I'm just kind of going off a hunch. You know, it's it's nothing that I've seen with my own eyes. And and you want to have that answer to that question that they're asking by within a month, two months, end of this season. You have to have it by the end of this season. But but right now, I can't answer that because I honestly don't know. I don't think Sam showed enough this summer 
And you can blame, again, the weapons around him and the number of injuries and no OTA, no minicamp. But still, Sam didn't show enough this summer to make me say, yeah, he he's that guy. I just, I just didn't see enough yet. Doesn't mean he's not. I just didn't see right. enough. You talked about grinding it out and winning this game ugly. If they're going to do that, they got to they got to run the ball successfully. And if this Bills defense has a weakness, at least a year ago in 2019, it was a little bit against the run. They uh, allowed 4.3 yards per carry, over 100 yards per game on the ground. Um, so that was where they kind of could be had um, beyond that great secondary that they have. So when you think about this game, and, and we're going to do matchups on both sides of the ball, what's the key matchup for the Jets offensively against this Bills defense? Well, I think it's kind of the the one consistent weapon that they had for the vast majority of training camp. It's the one guy that that um, Adam Gase can't shut up about, and it's the one guy that, that Sam Darnold offered some praise to when we talked on Wednesday, and it's, it's Chris Herndon, the big tight end. I mean, the way that Gase views this guy is a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses, and, and what, he, what he means by that is that he's going to take Herndon and he's going to line them up all over the field. You're going to see Herndon split wide at receiver. You're going to see Herndon in the slot. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Herndon in the backfield at times at fullback, and you're going to see Herndon at H-back and, and then his traditional tight end position. And and what doing that with Herndon does and, and what having a player uh, with Herndon's athleticism and skill set does at the tight end position is it creates matchup problems, you know, because he's too fast and athletic for, for a linebacker, for the vast majority of linebackers to cover. He's too big and physical for corners and safeties to cover. So so what that means is that you're going to have to have defenses bracket, or you're going to have to have him play zone, which is going to open up more cover two, more cover three, more quarters, more more things like this that, that are going to try to be designed to take Herndon out. And then when you do that, that's going to lessen the box of, of teams that are trying to stop the run. It's going to drop guys out of there, and it's going to open up things for Perryman and Crowder and, and the running game and things like that. So... The matchup I'm going to be watching, honestly, on on defense or on for the Jets' offense against the Bills' defense, and and it's going to be something that I'm probably going to be watching for the vast majority of this year is is just Chris Herndon. You know, the Jets keep talking about this guy. They keep they keep speaking about him. They keep saying how good he is. I want to see the impact that he has on a game on Sunday because this will be his first game. You know, really first full game that he plays, assuming he doesn't get hurt in over a year. I want to see what he does there. In, in that game and how a defense counters. So it's not, you know, a specific battle. I mean, you can say, you know, uh, 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 Rashad Perryman against Tredavious White, or you can say, you know, the the uh, Alex Lewis, if he plays because he's dealing with a shoulder injury, and Greg Van Roten versus Ed Oliver on, on that offensive line. Like, you can say that. But honestly, I just want to see how the Bills cover Chris Herndon. And, and they did an all right job against tight ends last year. I think they were – there are only two players, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the game preview. We're running Friday morning. There were only two players, two tight ends that the Jets faced or that the Bills faced that they allowed over 60 yards and, and six catches uh, last season. And, and one of those guys, uh, or, or there was only one player who had over 60 yards and two guys that only had six catches. It was like Evan Ingram and Jason Witten. And, and they didn't allow any tight end to have 100 yards. Uh, they only allowed five receiving touchdowns all season to tight ends, and a couple of those were guys that just kind of snuck out into the flat. So the Bills were pretty good at covering tight ends last year. Can Chris Herndon break that? Can Chris Herndon find a way to make a difference? Because I think if Chris Herndon gets going and and he kind of has a, a uh, an impact like George Kittle has for the 49ers, like Travis Kelsey has for the Chiefs, or, or like uh, Zach Ertz can have, or Dallas Goddard can have for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think you'll see suddenly the pressure alleviated off of Le'Veon Bell, off of Frank Gore, off of Brashad Perryman, Jamison Crowder, Chris Hogan, Denzel Mims, if he plays. Uh, so so the matchup I'm watching is just Chris Herndon against the Bills' defense and how the Bills are going to try to slow him down. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. And hopefully, like you said, Chris Herndon does stay healthy all season and we can see what, what a weapon he can be. Uh, let's switch things around to the other side of the ball. And people in Buffalo are super excited for an offense that um, didn't really – it was, it was okay last year, but they're expecting a lot more this year. Josh Allen, another year more mature and with a big weapon as Stefan Diggs comes over to Buffalo, and, and that's going to be um, something that the Jets just have to deal with is an explosive receiver on this team. Then you have Devin Singletary, who really kind of 
blew up last year, 775 yards last season, 5.1 yards per carry, splitting time, of course, with Frank Gore, who's now with the Jets. So Singletary's probably going to get more action. Diggs on the outside. Allen, another year of maturity. Um, but Allen's also a guy who can make mistakes. And it seems like to me, Connor, that Josh Allen is the kind of guy that when Greg Williams is prepping in the room all week, he's kind of he's kind of got a smile on his face. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating, man, because I think the way that Greg Williams usually approaches young quarterbacks, and and Josh Allen is still a young quarterback, is that he's that organized chaos approach, and that Greg Williams is going to put out defensive looks that Josh Allen simply hasn't seen before, and he wants to. Uh, mentally force them into mistakes. You know, it's not always about coming away with an overload blitz and smacking him down. He wants to confuse the guy so much that Josh Allen thinks he's seeing one thing, he's actually getting another, and that leads to a turnover interception, things like that. What I think a lot of people outside of Buffalo don't realize is, is just how impactful, though, Josh Allen is as a runner. You know, I, I know he's got the cannon for an arm, and everyone talked about that when he was coming out of college. I mean, you saw him at his pro day. You saw him at the combine. The guy can throw the ball a mile, but that cannon for an arm hasn't been his biggest weapon. His, his biggest weapon has been his legs. I mean, the guy is a a really good running quarterback. He's big, he's physical, he's fast, he's athletic. So the one thing that Greg Williams is is going to have to be very careful with is that he still has to do or has to use his his um, um, aggressive organized chaos defensive approach he's still gonna blitz and give funky looks he's still gonna send guys you know left when you think they're coming right and all these things that that that, uh, that Greg Williams does but the Jets players that are on the field are going to have to be incredibly disciplined because when you blitz the way that Greg Williams does when you blitz in any in any form, a lot of times when, when players are so hungry to get after the quarterback and get there, lanes open. You know, you'll have a guy that kind of extends a little bit up the field and that opens up a, a running lane. And when you're playing a guy like Matt Ryan or you're playing a guy uh, like Sam Darnold to some extent or or Josh Rosen when he was out there or, or Ryan Fitzpatrick sometimes, I mean, those guys won't necessarily have the ability to get through those running lanes or be looking for those running lanes until the defense closes in on him and brings him down. Josh Allen's the quarterback that if the Jets bring him, bring him, bring him, bring him, bring him, and those running lanes start opening, he has no problem throwing the ball 10 times on Sunday and running it 30 himself. Like, Josh Allen doesn't give a shit. Like, it's not like he's going to care about, oh, I'm a quarterback, I'm supposed to throw 30 times. No, the dude is competitive as all hell and, and just wants to win a game. So if that means Josh Allen runs it 20 times and only throws it 15 that's fine. He'll do it and he won't care. So the Jets are going to have to be both incredibly aggressive, but also incredibly disciplined in that they can't open up these running lanes because if they do, it doesn't matter how much they blitz, how much they whatever, Josh Allen's going to get through and, and, and make some plays. So it's imperative that, yeah, they, they pressure him. It's imperative that they try to confuse him, but they also need to make sure that he stays in that pocket because Josh Allen's career has only thrown for more than 260 yards once. He has never had a 300-yard passing game. He completed like 52% of his passes as a rookie, 58% of his passes his second year. The Jets need to make Josh Allen beat him with their arm. That means you shut down the run, Singletary, like you mentioned, Moss, the rookie that they drafted, TJ Yeldon, uh, who I thought was going to be a stud coming out of Alabama. He's yeah. kind of fizzled out a little bit. Um, you need to, to shut those guys down. You need to take away those intermediate throws with Stephon Diggs feasting in the slot or outside or whatever wherever Diggs decides to play. And you need to make Josh Allen beat you with his arm. And, and if you can keep him in the pocket and then collapse that pocket in on him, I think the Jets' defense has a, has a chance to have some success. But if they can't do that and they, one, let Singletary and Yeldon and Moss run wild and suddenly those guys are, are breaking off big runs left, right, and sideways. And, and then uh, when they do pressure Josh Allen, they leave these running lanes open. So then Josh Allen's running down the field. Then they start packing the box to shut down the run. And then the play-action game comes into play. It's going to be a very, very, very uh, long day for for this for uh, the Jets as a whole, and and especially the Jets defense. Will they use a spy at all? You think? I think they could. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they actually have a, a good spy option in Blake Cashman with with how athletic he is. I mean, he'll be able to chase down whoever runs out there. The guy's ridiculously fast and athletic, and I, I think that's that's the possibility and something that they can do is that they can pressure and blitz and get all funky with the with the five and six man rushes, and then they can keep one guy there that. 
that sits as the spy that when Josh Allen gets out and runs, that spy then goes and gets him. And that's actually similar to what the Jets did uh, when they played, I believe it was Josh Allen the second time his rookie year, is that it was the game in Buffalo. I remember it vividly. Um, they were blitzing him, and they were rushing him, and they were trying to get to Josh Allen, and they were trying to screw with him. But anytime Josh Allen tried to run and escape, they had a spy there waiting for him. So they were still pressuring, blitzing all that stuff. And then they were having the spy to, to bring Josh Allen down when he tried to escape. Now, the difference between that Bills team and this Bills team is that they didn't have John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs. So suddenly the Bills have three guys. Uh, well, John Brown's more of strictly a deep threat, but they have two guys now in Cole Beasley and, and Stephon Diggs who are incredibly impressive route runners. I mean, they are guys that will beat man-to-man coverage regularly. So if you're keeping that spy in and then you're rushing, all those guys need to get a step on a DB is like a second and a half. I mean, they'll beat guys off the line. So it's going to be a fun cat and mouse game of can the Jets get to Josh Allen without letting up the run games while also collapsing a pocket. I mean, look, we've said this. The, the Bills, Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, he's done a phenomenal job building this team. I mean, the Bills are, yeah. a, are a tremendous. This isn't a, a bad team anymore. This isn't like the Buffalo Bills of 10 years ago where you're like, oh, the Jets should be able to beat him because they're not good. This roster has talent. At all levels. They've got three wide receivers that can all play. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a three-headed rushing attack. And then they have the quarterback. So it's not going to be easy for the Jets to do this. I think the Bills offense, no matter what the Jets do, is going to have some form of success. I don't think the Jets are just going to shut them down. And it's because they have all of these different areas that they can beat you. Stephon Diggs is a tremendous wide receiver. Cole Beasley, a very good slot guy. They've got talent at the tight end with, with Swain. They've got... John Brown, who can take the top off the defense. They've got three runnings, and they have a good offensive line. So there's so many things that the Bills do well that it's going to be tough no matter – I mean, I, I know we're probably trying to simplify it, but it's going to be tough no matter what for the Jets to, to come out and, and simply shut this defense down or shut this offense down, which is why it's probably going to be more about containing everything and, and just making sure it doesn't get ugly. And keep them off the field by grinding it out on offense if you can. So when you look at that matchup, what's the key matchup to watch from the Jets' perspective? For offense? De- for, yeah, Jets I, defense, Bills offense. Yeah, Jets defense, Bills offense. I think it's it's going to be the offense or the Jets defensive line versus the Bills offensive line, you know, because I think that, that we're sitting there saying to ourselves right now, uh, call from Bree. It's getting getting the call from here, probably telling me to, to put uh, dinner on. the on. It's like, Oops, sorry, can't do that. Um, <laughs> let me tell her now. Hold on. We're going to. I have to tell her because she's gonna, she's gonna immediately call back. She's gonna be like, "You just hung up on me. Why are Marissa, you keep, not doing keep this? this in?" Yeah, this is all going in. This is real life live broadcasting. Because I know I'm getting a call from Bree. You put it on uh, speaker. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Sorry. Hey, you're live, Bree. I am. Yeah. I used to work in radio, and I used to have like contest giveaways and stuff. I used to have to practice taking calls. I would text Bree and have her call in. So it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time she's made an appearance on air. Um, but no, I, I think one of the, the big matchup defensively that, that I'm going to be watching is a good one's going to be whoever the Bills put in the slot. I mean, Cole Beasley is their slot receiver. Watching him go against Brian Poole, who's a better, who's a, one of the better nickelbacks. Stephon Diggs, if he goes in the slot, watching him uh, against Brian Poole, I think that'll be fun. Uh, but the big one I, I kind of want to see is is the Quinnen Williams against the interior of the Bills offensive line. And, and the reason that I say that is that they – the one thing that this Jets defense doesn't have, and, and I think they can be okay, and I think they can be good, and right now I'd say that's what their ceiling is. The secondary is all right. Linebacking unit's all right. Defense has depth and is all right. The one thing they don't have on any level anymore with Jamal Adams gone in the secondary, at inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive line, is that they don't have like that game-changing difference maker. That player is supposed to be Quinn and Williams, and, and it should be Quinn and Williams considering the Jets drafted him third overall last year like like he should be that difference making game changing game wrecking player he talked a hell of a game this offseason about how he remade his body and how he's stronger and he's more physical and he's ready to be the player that Jets drafted him to be we just didn't see it in training camp I mean he had one sack on Sam Darnold that I remember and two tackles for a loss I mean there were a couple flash plays but but nothing consistent to be like this guy is just destroying the Jets' offense in camp. You know, if you watched Hard Knocks, what Aaron Donald did in that scrimmage the Rams had, Quinton Williams didn't do any of that. And and at any point did he do any of that. He flashed a little bit, but he didn't do anything consistently to be like, that guy's in for a huge year. I want to know if that's just practice, if that's just what Quinton Williams is doing in practice, 
And then he's going to turn it on on game days. And he's going to be a, a huge difference maker on game days and seeing a different scheme and he's seeing a different offense. He's going to be able to get to Josh Allen. I want to see that from Quentin Williams. I want to see Quentin Williams go up against this interior of the Bills offensive line and wreck a game. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about scheming, blah, 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 getting all this stuff. If Quentin Williams has an has a, a J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald type game, well, suddenly everything gets easier for the Jets because yeah. they just can't stop him coming up the A-gap and B-gap. Like, he'll just be throwing guys aside and getting to Josh Allen and bringing him down and disrupting plays right off the bat. I can't think that Quinn and Williams is just going to do that because I haven't seen it in training camp to, to be able to say, okay, this is what's going to carry over to the regular season. But it also doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in the regular season just because you didn't see it in training camp. So that matchup that I want to see, man, is is the one that I think is going to be the juiciest. And it's, it's Quinn and Williams – Year two, talking a huge game, ready to break out and, 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 quote, be the player that Jets drafted him to be, unquote. Make a difference. Change a game. Wreck a game. Be the playmaker. Be the difference maker. I, I want to see if he can do that uh, in a game where the, the Jets are going to need him. Yeah, he's talked the talk. Let's see him walk the walk. We'll see if he can do it. Well, football season is here starting tonight, and fantasy football season upon us as well. And due to quarantine, it's very possible – that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. That's a game changer. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag for you. When the quarantining is all done with, you can use that as well. The Crop Preserver comes with that. It's an anti-chafing deodorant. And the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner that is made with soothing aloe, with witch hazel extracts. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value add-on, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. That's THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. All right, let's move things more big picture from Jets Bills to Jets versus the rest of this division. And we've covered the Bills, who are the favorites and and reading the athletic NFL preview that today that that took all you all the writers including you Connor into account and voted on who's going to win different divisions and all kinds of stuff it's a good kind of overall look at the NFL season so check that out on the athletic but as far as the AFC East goes 26 votes for the Buffalo Bills 19 for the New England Patriots and one for the Miami Dolphins. There's always one in this division. Last year, they wrote, I wait, think... Somebody, it, somebody voted the Dolphins to win the division? Yeah. So last year, I believe it was... That person. Right. Dear last God. year, it was 45 what? votes for the Patriots and one for the Bills. This year, one for the Dolphins, none for the Jets, Connor. You didn't vote for the Jets? I don't I don't think Brian Flores is picking the Dolphins <laughs> to win the division. Who the hell picked the... That's amazing. Yeah, no, I don't a, think the Jets a, are winning this division. There's a. This is you know one of those votes where you, you can vote for anything because they don't uh, they don't tell you who voted for what. But anyway, moving on to those teams. Let's start with the Patriots. Um, the big yeah, story is who's not Bo there, Wolf. right? I bet you. It was Bo <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, anyone doesn't know there's need some like trash a, uh, talking among my podcast, Connor and Bo on the Eagles side. We need yeah, like Bo, a little Bo's drum easy. there, like. You know, little rim shot. Anyway, I got it. I got the text from Bree. By the way, it was not about. Um, this is actually fitting. I, I don't think Mercy, you haven't done the DraftKings read yet, have you? No. No. Thanks You've for been paying not attention. paying attention. <laughs> well, I was reading this text. I was also reading the chat because this is we my also life have, with Connor. <laughs> we have a yeah, we we have several requests going on in the uh, in the chat here. But no, I I looked over and I saw I Bree texted me, so I was like, I gotta let her know. Like if she want, like she's doing this really nice. Oh, you want to do the brief food power rankings? She's making this uh, yes. oh, basil yeah. shrimp dish, which I'll uh, yeah, I'll tweet that Ooh. out. I'll, I'll tweet that out. It's it's gonna be banging. Um, but she but texted you are me, going to Buffalo concern. this weekend. I am, but there's yeah. not gonna be food in the press box. I don't think so. so you better be pack food. your lunch. Yeah, well, I'm going out to um, 
what the hell's the place called? Uh, I'm going out to like Buffalo Bills something or or Bills Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Bills. Wings. No, yeah. <laughs> I have a great story. All right, you just reminded me. All right, that that's going to be a real quick one before we go totally off the rails because this is an amazing story. But no, the reason that Bree texted me was that she's very concerned. She's she's doing this DraftKings promo, the the DraftKings promo where you get uh, plus oh. 101 odds on mm-hmm. the the Kansas City Chiefs because they're she's not going to lose by 100 points. Yep. Correct. So she's very concerned that that because she placed it in PA, she wants to know if she can it'll be eligible in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so she, that's what she was calling me about. Um, Good question. But no, she's she's becoming a little a little a little gambler. I'm, I'm worried she's going to start like a side gig <laughs> here as a bookie because. Although First I've, I've had to like exp- gambler by night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had to explain to her the, uh, how gambling works that it's like, I was like, all right. So, cause she thought at plus one Oh one, she's like, wait, so if the chiefs win, I lose the bet. I was like, no, no, no. If, if the chiefs win, you don't lose the bet. We lost Tim. Tim's gone. Yeah. He froze. Yeah, <laughs> he was Tim frozen, froze. smiled like this. <laughs> that's, that's better. I want, I want to have that screenshot. Oh, he's back. Tim's back. Um, but no, what we, what we had was, uh, <laughs> She thought that it was, I was like, no, 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 like plus 101 means that you win the bet if the Chiefs win the game or they lose by less than 102 points. And she's like, why would they do that? I was like, it's a promo. I was like, they know they're giving you a free 50 bucks that you're just going to end up flushing back into them. I was like, it's the promo. That's why they're doing it. I was like, but she was just concerned that she was going to get it through. Real quick before we get back to all this sports talking stuff, the most amazing Buffalo story ever. All right, so this is like oh, I thought I had missed ago. the Buffalo story when I no vanished. no 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 I I kept I kept rambling a bit until you could get back on. <laughs> this was just it blew my mind. We still I still talk about what buddy mine. So one of my closest friends on the beat is Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for the record. Uh, on the on the road, we always hang out together. We go out to bars together. We'll go play golf together. Like we we go to baseball games. Like we're always hanging out. So one of the things that we always do when we go to Buffalo is we go to get wings. Like usually one time we go to Duff's. The next time we go to Anchor Bar and like, that's what we do. So this particular trip, we had gone out to dinner with uh, Kimberly Martin, who used to be on the Jets beat at this time was the Buffalo columnist. And we had seen her for dinner. And then we were getting in a car to go then to get wings and, and meet up with like Daryl Slater, another one of our friends, Dan Popper, who now writes for uh, for us for the Chargers. So we get in this we get in this Uber and they're taking us to go get we're, they're taking us to this like wing place. I think it's Anchor Bar. And the uber starts talking to us guy is like clearly off his rocker like clear like he's talking about how he was like you know he usually he's strapping like he's carrying a gun and you know one time he like a a, someone like a homeless guy came up to him so we had to shoot him and i was like andy and i are like basically holding hands in the back seat like please don't (laughs) kill us like please keep us alive so he's going on and on like all these crazy crazy wild stories so as we're in the car he goes oh so so where am i taking you guys Andy's basically like, don't tell him a damn thing. I'm like, we're going to get wings. Like, I just immediately blurted out. I'm scared. Shit. Well, that doesn't really narrow wings. it down in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, oh, he goes, I have a great wing spot for you. He goes, they're actually the place that created wings. And so Andy and I are like, oh, like Duff's? And he goes, no, it's not Duff's. So I was like, oh, Anchor Bar? He goes, no, it's not Anchor Bar. I was like, oh, wow, this guy, local Buffalonian or whatever you call him. And, and I was like, oh, he must, he must like know a good like hole in the wall local spot. And I was like, you know what, Andy, like let's write, maybe this trip, look, we're going to come out of this alive and we're going to get a great wing spot. So maybe this wasn't so bad after all, you know, we just had to put up with some psychoticness for a while. So he goes, yeah, he goes, it's so good. He goes, it's one of my favorite restaurants to go to. They created what they created. They created Buffalo wings. So we're like, wait, we're like, all right, dude, where is it? Dead serious. Stops at the stoplight, turns around, looked at us, not joking. He goes, it's called Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> we look at Andy and I look at each other like, now we're off the rocker. We're like, Buffalo, like, wings, beer, sports. He goes, yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. They created Buffalo Wings. They're so good. You've got, like, a 100 different sauces. They got one right around the corner if you guys want me to drop you off there. We're like, we're good. Actually, we'll get out here. And then we're going to walk the rest of the We're going to walk the final seven miles to get where we're going. We're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Buffalo yes. Wild Wings, the creator of the the original creator. We're going to Buffalo to have Buffalo Wild Wings. By I the way, I looked it up. One here in Princeton. I looked it up in Buffalonians is proper. Wow. That is it what was. you call somebody from Buffalo. I thought well Connor done. was totally making that up. No? I was like, okay. No. Well I, I guess I, I probably heard it once and it just stuck. Oh, somebody here uh, in the co- uh, Derek Crossman says Gabriel's Gate. I did go there last year. It's very good. Uh, better than their wings, by the way, or their French onion soup. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Buffalo next next podcast when the when the Jets play the Bills again in yeah. uh 
I forget the, the it's off the top of my head. I can't remember off the top of my head the schedule. Uh, when they play each other again, I'll tell you guys about the time that I almost got de- detained at the border between <laughs> the United States and Canada. For uh, yeah, that was that was a good one too. I almost got. Detained I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Just totally like typical like meanness, like meanness. It's just it was like again. I was also with Andy. Almost got detained at the border, and it was real great. All because I was like I I I fold under pressure, and that's exactly what happened there. And. Almost got detained. Yeah, was, I have a good uh, border story also from uh, my Syracuse days, so we can save that one for the future. Um, yeah. All right, so back to football. I think we should get back. Yeah. To yes. Um, let's <laughs> at least mention these other two teams in the division. Um, Patriots, obviously, it's about who's not there. All these guys that opted out: Dante Hightower opted out. Uh, Collins is gone. Kyle Van Noy is gone. Patrick Chung opted out. Marcus Cannon opted out. I mean, the list goes on and on. And of course, there's that other guy named Brady who is gone. But Cam Newton is there, and Cam Newton survived training camp and is still healthy. Not only is he the starting quarterback, he's been named a captain by this team, which is a little surprising for me. They're not picked. They're not the majority choice to win the division in uh, in 2020, but do you think they can, Connor? Do you think that this somehow just the mystique of the Patriots yeah. is going to make them a good team again in 2020? Well, their defense is usually good, man. I mean, they still got Last Stephon year was Gilmore. historically good, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're, they haven't lost too much. Bill Belichick, I think one of the reasons why they were so good because Bill Belichick kind of took back over the defensive play calling, which I think if, if he had done that, they would have they would have had a, another two Super Bowls under their belt. You're saying Matt Patricia wasn't uh, wasn't the answer? I mean, how that dude got a got a got a head coaching job after he let up like 50 points in the Super Bowl to Nick freaking Foles was like just my like I remember watching that and being like they're just running RPO every damn play and Matt Patricia's like what the hell is this? <laughs> like, by the way, dude, like the like the the Eagles did that against the. I covered that whole Super Bowl run because I was at the Ledger still. They did that against the Falcons. They did that against the Vikings. Like you'd think they'd piece it together, but no. And then the the Lions. The Lions, like, yeah. That's my Lions. guy. That's my guy. <laughs> that's nope. what we wanted to see. Hey, a lot yeah. of people are high on the Lions this year. We'll yeah, sure yeah, but you are. know what? Most of those people will say this though. I've heard it many times. The Lions, a lot of talent on that team. Really looked equipped to be good this year. But Matt Patricia is still the head coach. You always get exactly. that like butt at the end of any choice to, to go with the Lions this year. Awesome All right, what do you think like of the Patriots, bitten. though? Uh, I think they got a chance, man, because I think that defense is still good. And if Cam Newton is healthy, like that's the big thing. It's like Cam Newton's yep. got to be healthy. And if he's healthy, which we don't know if he is because there's been no preseason games, we haven't seen Cam Newton in action, we don't know like if he's any if he's still healthy and all that stuff. So if uh, if he is healthy and he's the cam newton that he was in his prime with carolina and he's taken over i mean i think that team can can be successful you know josh mcdaniels is a hell of an offensive coordinator i mean he really is he is a hell of an offensive coordinator he's a hell of a play caller i'm surprised he hasn't gotten another head coaching job or head coaching gig yet the defense is great i don't think that this is going to be the the patriots that everyone's are that everyone is used to seeing where it's like oh they can drop 30 40 50 points at, at kind of just like they turn their oh look at that there's 40 points on the scoreboard I don't think it's going to be like that. I think they're going to be run heavy, run centric. Cam Newton's going to, if he's healthy again, they're going to ask him to be the the, you know, the athletic specimen that he is. I mean, you look at that dude. It's, I, every time I see him, I can't believe that guy plays quarterback. They're going to do all that on offense and then have one of the league's best defenses. I think that they can get themselves to 10, 11 wins. And then if the Bills fall apart, Josh Allen doesn't take that next step. You know, we keep talking about Sam Darnold becoming that franchise quarterback in year three. If Josh Allen regresses, and that happens, Mitch Trubisky regressed from his second season. If Josh Allen regresses, that's when that Bills team might only win seven, eight, nine games. And if the Patriots can get to ten or eleven, I think they'll they're gonna they're gonna win that division. I mean, they absolutely have a shot. I think they'll definitely. I think they can make the playoffs as as a wild card team at the minimum. I don't know if they're bat. I don't know if they're going to be the the thirteen fourteen win team that we've kind of been accustomed to seeing the Patriots be for the better part of the last two decades. Uh, but I think it can absolutely get to 9, 10, 11 wins. And if that happens and the Bills falter and Josh Allen takes a step back or someone gets hurt on that Bills team, that's when suddenly it opens the door. And and look, man, we, we talked about this months ago. I would never rule out Bill Belichick ever. Until the Patriots have a 6-10, 5-11 season, they're always going to be a contender in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that concerns me, and you said it's got to be the defense if they're going to be good this year, but you think about that offense, and and Julian Edelman has been so good in the slot with Tom Brady, and it's always been like that that connection those two guys had. If if Cam and Edelman don't have that connection, 
there's really not much else when you look at that offense as far as weapons go. And Cam's going to have to to really carry the load um, as far as getting that team down the field. And it's, that with, I don't know if he can do. Right. I don't know if because it's one thing if he's healthy, and it's another thing for him to stay healthy. That's two big, big question marks with him under center. So the Dolphins, one person within the athletic family thinks they're going to win the division. <laughs> but overall, I think people think that the Dolphins will be better. And I think what this season we're going to find out, right, is – What's the timetable for the Dolphins versus the Jets' rebuild? Um, you know, are the Dolphins suddenly ahead of the Jets, or are the Jets still on track to be ahead of the Dolphins after two years ago the Dolphins were so bad? Um, but then the other thing with the Dolphins, right, is does Tua play this year, or do they stick with Fitz and let Tua just get that full year under his belt? Um, I feel like unless Fitz gets hurt, I think they won't play Tua. I think that, the you know, seeing what the Chiefs did, um, Patrick Mahomes sitting that entire year and then what he became. I think that's kind of like a blueprint and an excuse really for the Dolphins to let their fans know that, hey, we don't have to play this guy yet unless Fitzpatrick gets hurt. We'll see. What do you think? Well, that's the difference. Well, I think there's a difference though between Tua and, and Mahomes and that was that Mahomes was not ready. Like right. Mahomes True. wasn't. Like he was the very, he was the epitome of a developmental project. I mean, that's why I give the Jets some some slack on passing on Mahomes because Mahomes was as much of a developmental project as Hackenberg was, and then Hackenberg got scorned, so it was like, oh, do they really want to take another one? It was the same thing when the drafting Josh Allen subject came up, was that I don't know if the Jets are going to take Josh Allen, because again, McCagnan already got scorned once in the developmental project. Does he really want to take that? Does he want the more sure thing? Tua was supposed to be more of a sure thing. Tua was supposed to be kind of ready. like He was the Alabama product, and he was playing against... NFL caliber defenses in the SEC and or, you know, I mean, not NFL caliber defenses, but NFL players in the SEC, NFL defensive players in the SEC. He was supposed to be ready. And and again, this this goes to the the pandemic. And I know it's going to be very difficult for a rookie quarterback to to pick up and just play right away when he doesn't have the luxury of OTAs and he doesn't have the luxury of minicamp. And, and there's so much missed time that that's really a detriment to them. I mean, we were talking about with Denzel Mims. Imagine it with a rookie quarterback. We also didn't have the luxury of the preseason to see what two is doing. You know what I mean? A lot of times you see like the rookie quarterbacks come in, you see them in the preseason, and that kind of lets you know like these guys are ready to play. The fact that they just handed the job to Fitz and they're like, Fitz is our starting quarterback, it kind of makes you say like, I don't know what two is looking like in camp, that it was just like Fitz is our guy. You know, I mean, if, if anyone watched Hard Knocks, you can kind of tell the same thing with Justin Herbert. Like you can see from watching – that show Herbert's not ready like he's not ready I get the indication that with them so apt to say like Fitz is our guy that maybe Tua really isn't ready but as far as him playing I think eventually he's gonna get it I don't think he will have an entire redshirt season I mean this is this is the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle he gets the starting job he's gonna play like crap he's gonna get benched Tua's gonna get hurt and then Fitz is going to come back in and throw for like 900 yards and 25 touchdowns in three games. Like, that's just the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick's career works. Tua will be the starting quarterback next year. Ryan Fitzpatrick will end up somewhere else as a starter. And that's when the Fitzpatrick cycle starts all over again. It's just going to happen. But uh, I, I think the Jets are ahead of the Dolphins. I think there there is a gap between where the Dolphins are and where the Jets are. I think the Jets have a better offensive line. I think, obviously, they know they're going to have more of a concrete evaluation of what they have in Sam Darnold compared to what the, the Dolphins do or don't know what they have in Tua. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a comparison there. I mean, what I what I do see the potential for, though, if Tua pans out, if Sam Darnold continues to pan out, if Josh Allen pans out, and if the Patriots eventually get their future quarterback in this coming year's draft, you could have a division that went from so, so top-heavy where the Patriots basically won the AFC East every single year for the last two decades, where it could shift a little bit to being similar to what the NFC South was, where it seemed like every single year somebody else won that division. You know, it was the Falcons, then it was the Bucks, then it was the Saints, then it was the Falcons again, then it was the Panthers, and then it was the and it just kind of constantly rotates where all four of those teams are good. I think that's where you could see the AFC East getting to if these quarterbacks pan out the way their teams believe is that it's not going to be a, a one team dominating thing is that in two years once the Joe Douglas has kind of finalized his vision for the Jets and gets them to the point where they're ready and then he's just kind of keeping the, inf the, the influx of talent coming through so when one player goes in free agency 
the next guy's ready to replace him. Uh, you could have a situation where, where all th- four of these teams take turns at the top. And, and you could have a situation similar to the NFC East in a way where you have three teams from the same division routinely making the playoffs. And, and I think that would be, as someone who covers this division, who has no skin in the game, like I'm not a Jets fan, I'm not a Dolphins fan, I'm not a, a Patriots or, or, uh, or Bills fan, it would just be fun to cover that where every single divisional game is a bloodbath. Every single divisional game is is you have no idea who's going to win and everyone's trying to fight and everyone's trying to get it. I think that's where you could see uh, this division eventually getting to. Right now, I mean, we've talked about this, Tim. I think it's Bills are number one, Patriots are number two, Jets number three, Dolphins number four, with the chance, obviously, if Josh Allen doesn't develop for that one and two to flip. But in two years, I could absolutely see this as just roll the dice and throw it out there or, or throw a dart at the board. And, and that's the team that could win the AFC East that year. All right. Well, kickoff between the Texans and the Chiefs is in less than 15 minutes. So we're going to speed this up. Um, and tonight is just a warm up. Now it is the time to get ready for Sunday's full slate of action. And there is no better place to get in the game than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook is rolling out a can't miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass up on that? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head over to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit or withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TOSS when you sign up to get the can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up for a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And with that, we transition to our picks, which, you know what, I, I didn't do the research and go back and see. I think, though, Connor, down the stretch in 2019, pulled out the victory. Is that right? I think it was it was yeah, Mercer and Connor oh, yeah. really close, Very and close. you pulled it out. And save face since you are an NFL beat writer. Um, it doesn't matter how close. This ain't horseshoes. I won. <laughs> I won. I got the crown and and the, I think my my trophy and my crown are coming. I am just gonna wear every every Thursday or Friday when we record this podcast. I'm gonna have the crown on my head that says "Can't wait pick." Can't Next wait time pick I go to Burger shit. King, I'm gonna pick up that. The crown there you go. I would wear one of them. <laughs> I would wear one of them. Um, so one change for the picks this year. Last year, we did three games plus the Jets game every week, and all three of us were terrible picking the Jets game. So this year, we're eliminating that part of this. It's just the games we want to pick. So each of us picks any three games off the NFL slide. It can be the Jets if we like it, although none of us went with that game this week. Um, and we will keep track throughout the season and see who wins, and maybe we'll come out with some sort of real award at the end this year. So Connor, you're up first. Yeah, so uh, this is tough. I mean, I think this whole thing is is going to be ridiculously tough for these first couple of weeks because you have nothing to go off of. No right. preseason film. We haven't seen these guys. You can't flip on NFL Network and be like, oh, look at this first drive from you know this team's offense and how good this player is. Like, you don't really know. It's it's you literally shoot. It's just guessing. It's needle in the haystack at this point. But uh, there were a couple games that I like. I mean, the first one honestly that I like this week is the Chiefs. I I, I like the Chiefs minus nine and a half. I think that early in this season, when teams don't have OTAs, when teams don't have mini camps, when they had a condensed training camp, continuity is going to be so, so key. And the Chiefs are pretty much bringing back their entire team that won a Super Bowl. I think they're going to be fired up to be back on the field. I know there's only going to be so many fans in the stands there in Kansas City, but I think they're going to be that that one's going to be big. I wish this line was more like seven and a half. I wish this line was more like. Uh, eight and a half. I don't necessarily love nine and a half because that opens you up to the Texans kicking some field goal with 40 seconds left to make it a, a seven point game and then trying to get the onside and throwing a Hail Mary. I mean, that brings that all up in the air. Uh, but I do like like the Chiefs. I mean, looking at some of these other spreads and these other lines, I think the Chiefs are, are definitely my first play at, at minus nine and a half. Other thing is that I love a home dog all the time. Love, 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 love home dogs. 
the Washington football team always seems to play the Philadelphia Eagles tough. I think Dwayne Haskins showed some strides towards the end of last season. I think Ron Rivera is going to have that team playing some tough football. I don't know if it's always going to be good, but it's at least going to be tough. And given five and a half at home, I think that that game's going to be a little bit closer. I think the Eagles end up winning, but 24-21, 20-16, something like that I think is a possibility for a score. So give me Washington plus five and a half. Uh, the other one is the Vikings, minus two and a half against the, the Green Bay Packers. I like the Vikings at home. I like the Vikings as a football team this year. Love Dalvin Cook. I think Kirk Cousins is good. That receiving unit, I, I like as well, adding Jefferson to replace Diggs. I like that defense. Uh, I think that the Vikings are going to be a good team. I also think the Packers are going to be bad this year because I don't think they did enough to give Aaron Rodgers enough. So uh, give me the Chiefs minus 9.5, Washington plus 5.5 with that home dog, and then uh, the Vikings minus 2.5. I had my fantasy draft last night, and it's eye-opening. Aaron Rodgers this year in fantasy drafts. I've heard he's been going, mm. him going undrafted in some leagues. I actually got him as my backup quarterback in like the thirteenth round, and was like, mm. how, do, "How is that possible that Aaron Rodgers is my throwaway backup quarterback that I got that late?" Yeah, but right. you know, we'll see. All right, uh, I'll go through mine real quick. Uh, Seahawks minus two at Atlanta. Um, Jamal Adams in Seattle will go with it. It's a tough, long flight, obviously, from Seattle to Atlanta, but I think they get it done. Titans minus one and a half at Denver with the Von Miller injury. I think Derrick Henry can can wear it down on the Denver defense. Even in the thin air, they get the win there. And then, Connor, you mentioned loving the home underdog. I'll take one as well. The Rams plus yeah. three against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are probably a better team over the long haul this season than the Rams, but I think at home the Rams can either keep it tight or pull out a win, win late in week one. Marissa? Um, so I'm realizing that I have a lot of the same picks as you guys. Um, I have Titans minus one and a half with you, Tim. Uh, yep. Vikings minus two and a half for you, Connor. And then my one difference head to is... Head. Yes, and I like this. I actually think I'm just going to pick the opposite picks of Connor every week and see how I go from there because, I mean... Can, You'll be 9-0 by week three. Exactly. Um, I have the Eagles minus five and a half versus Washington. So, I mean, uh, I think with everything that's gone on in Washington this offseason, I think the Eagles got that one. Yeah. All right, You're we're winding. You're on the, uh, the Titans, by the way. I know you, you texted me that before. Like, you like Tennessee this year. No, I can't decide if I like Tennessee this year. <laughs> I mean, like, I I, okay, here's their thing. Here, the game is starting soon, so we need to go. But here's the thing. The depth behind Ryan Tannehill is not good. Not no. good. So if he goes out, I mean, they're, I think they have Logan Woodside as their backup quarterback, and then they have Trevor, Sim Trevor Simeon on the practice squad. Those are their quarterbacks behind Ryan Tannehill. So and Tannehill's the COVID concern this year, you know, if the quarterback yeah. goes out, that might be important. So that's I mean, my Tannehill one goes thing. out anyway. He doesn't need a pandemic. I mean, he just goes <laughs> out. Like That dude just gets hurt, man. So uh, that's, that's so, a good point. I mentioned yeah, my I fantasy know. draft uh, yesterday. So first round, I had the third pick, and I'm sitting there, and the screen, go, the little clock goes red, and it's just staying at zero. So I'm like, I was doing stuff, so I wasn't communicating with everybody. Yeah. So I, I'm, I say, hey, are we ever going to start this draft, like after a few minutes? And they're like, we're on the ninth pick. He's like, what do you mean <laughs> oh! we're on the ninth pick? <laughs> Computer freeze. So, so then I'm like, okay, who did I get with the third pick? I got Derrick Henry with the third pick. Well, I don't, I don't it's okay. That. It's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. but Zeke, I would have taken Zeke. I think um, we'll see. It'll probably turn out to be Derrick Henry leads the NFL, and and I'm in rushing, and I'm That's just amazing. better amazing. off not making picks myself. But yeah, <laughs> so I joined eight picks into the draft, and everybody laughed. But anyway, is there one question, Marissa, from the uh, from the chat that we can throw at Connor here before we say goodbye? Um, there was some good stuff. Um, this was a good one, I think. Kyle asked, how big is getting Desir back into the lineup to help the Jets in the cornerback room? Huge. And and I think it's huge because they don't have, like, their, their number three, number four corners aren't aren't good. Like, if you had to start Arthur Marlette or you had to start Harrison or something like that, I mean, the Jets are going to be in trouble. So Desir isn't Darrell Rivas. He's not Jalen Ramsey, but he's a competent starting solid uh, NFL corner. When you pair him with Bless Austin and then a really good nickel corner in Brian Poole, if May's healthy, Ashton Davis, Bradley McDougal, and then Greg Williams being the defensive mastermind, you can have some success with that. So having him back, having him healthy, I mean, it kind of solidifies the Jets' top three corners. The problem is going to be is that if Austin, Poole, or Dazier goes down, then you're gonna you're not really going to have anything uh, behind them because the Jets' depth at corner is not good. 
All right, that's going to do it. Kickoff in about five minutes, Thursday night football. Jets coming up against the Bills on Sunday. That one's 1 o'clock Eastern time from Buffalo. We'll have all the reaction, of course, coming up early next week of this game. And then we're going to be coming throughout the season twice a week. So the cadence back to regular season form here on the Can't Wait podcast every Monday, basically, and then Thursday or Friday, depending on Connor's golf schedule, I guess, early in the season. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you have a friend or you want to save on an athletic subscription, if you don't have one already, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. You can join now for $1 a month. That's a new deal going right now at the athletic $1 per month at theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm at Tim M McMaster and Marissa's at Marissa underscore Morris. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game tonight. And of course on Sunday, we'll wrap it up on Monday.